All right. We thank you for being with us in worship this morning. We've been covering some ground together throughout this Advent season. We've been talking about the different candles that we've had. If you've been following along with the devotional, you're just as confused as I am. Don't worry, because today's devotional is actually um, love within the devotional that we had. Uh, the people from the, the women from Sanctified Art, they had a different order than what we follow as far as the Advent candles or the traditional following of the Advent candles. So we're skipping a little bit over. So if you want to go next week, but the scripture is within this week's devotional. Because this week we light the candle of joy, the pink one, the one that's different. Lighting the candle of hope, lighting the candle of peace, lighting the candle of joy, serve as reminders for us of the gifts of Christ. Gifts that are both far off in the distant future, and yet at the same time present and available to us right now. I know, like many of you, the past week's news, well, there's all kinds of bad news out there, but there's been some really good news and hopeful news for us with the FDA approving the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna one on the way as well, we see at some level a horizon beginning to kind of crest before us. That we're about to see an end in sight that we might be able to return to something that was at some point in our past. As we look to the future, we're tempted to think that that's what hope is going to be, and that's what peace is going to be, and that's when we're going to be joyful, and that's when our lives are going to be complete yet again. But friends, if there's anything that I have learned in my short life, it's that life is full of twists, turns, and surprises. That life deals us curveballs over and over again, and they're different every time. And there's no doubt that when I think about that reality, I'm reminded of the story of Jesus's birth. You know, the one where it's not so glamorous that we like to, you know, post on the the Christmas cards that we're sending out, right? Of that nativity scene of everything peaceful and the star above. Because when we remember the story of Jesus's birth, it's one filled with what I would imagine is confusion and um, uncertainty and doubt. See, sometimes I love to read the Bible, not for the words that are present, because I love the words, but for the words that are not present. We have this morning in our gospel reading the, the beautiful words of Mary, mother of Jesus, known as the Magnificat, put to all sorts of music. It's a a beautiful poem, a song of joy sang out by that strong, faithful woman, Mary. But what isn't there on the text, I wonder? Why is it, I wonder, that Mary, who was engaged to Joseph and had a, a, a was pregnant prior to that, and all she had to give account for that pregnancy was a dream where, you know, an angel shows up in the dream. Why is it that that Mary decided to leave and go and spend three months with Elizabeth? I can't help but think of of the anxiety and the fear and, and the uncertainty that must have been dwelling in Mary even as she trusted in God. 
the way I kind of see it in my mind, at least this interpretation for this Christmas season, is a pregnant teenager not knowing how society is going to respond, fearful of how perhaps even her fiancé and fiancé's family will respond does the only thing that she can think of and gets out of Dodge as fast as possible and goes to someone's house whom she can trust and can confide in. And she runs there and she takes comfort in that space. And I'm sure going through in her mind is, is what would go through any of our minds. What is happening to me? Why is this? This wasn't the plan. This wasn't the way it was supposed to work out. Joseph and I were supposed to have this wedding and we were supposed to, you know, enjoy some time together. And then, you know, when we were finally ready, we can think about having kids. This wasn't on my strategic plan for my future. (laughs) She probably wasn't thinking that. That's my interpretation, right? And yet, in the midst of that confusion, in the midst of a likely loss of a security, social security blanket, in the midst of all of that, she finds joy. She finds the energy within her to sing out in thankfulness to God, to trust that God's words were true, and to sing a song of hope, a song of peace, a song of joy. Friends, we're tempted during this lockdown to wait for tomorrow to find what we light on the Advent candles. We're tempted to wait till the vaccine is distributed to all the people, till the jobs go back to normal, to the tourists and the economy, all the things that we're hopeful for. We're tempted to think that that is our future. And it's only when we get to the point that we can find the true joy. Mary, mother of Jesus, found joy amidst the uncertainty. Even before she learned or she could believe tangibly that Jesus was, in fact, God's son, stirring within her womb the baby that was forming, she had faith and she trusted in that very moment. I cannot think of a year for us, and I've said this before, where the, the point of Advent, the preparation, the gospel narratives are more poignant for us. This year, I think more than any other, we find ourselves placed within the first hearers of the gospel. That we hear the story, perhaps, I would argue, more faithfully to the way they were intended for God's people. Normally, at this time of year, we're just busy with life. 
Normally, most of us don't have to worry about the food that goes on the table. Normally, most of us are are stressed because of finishing up the projects. You know, all those things are very real, but we don't feel this sort of longing in the same way that we do right now amidst the pandemic. And so, as the words of the gospel are written, I think, more towards us than ever this year, I wonder how might we respond to them. When I was pastor in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, one of the things that we did was partner with the School of Psychology to offer a premarital counseling weekend seminar. And one of the things that I was tasked to talk about, because we had a multiple, a couple different churches and the various pastors of those churches would take a talk each. And one of the things that I was tasked to talk about was couple connection. How is it that you are connecting to the other, to your spouse or to your future spouse? And when we're just talking about that, we talk about how do you maintain that connection? Because life changes. And while at the beginning of a relationship, you might talk until two in the morning, right? And just have those long, thoughtful conversations. I promise you, 10 years down the road, that might not be your situation, Your relationship changes based on your career, your location, whether or not you have children. So many factors to a relationship change. So to prepare a couple for the journey ahead, we start with a simple practice of naming the ways in which they connect. And so we would ask the couples, we want each of you individually to write out a list of the top five or ten things that bring you the most life within your relationship. The times when after that activity, you feel the most connected. And so we invite them to spend some time separately and to make that list separately. And then we invite them to come together and to reflect on each other's list of the activities that they do that they find life and joy together the most. And oftentimes on the list of those early, you know, engaged couples in their relationship or, you know, early in their journey is things like traveling and, you know, wine tasting or whatever you have it. And, and we often remind them that this is a good practice for you now, but also a practice you'll have to do again when you're not going to exotic places every, every break that you have, because instead you're traveling to family to be with them because you have children in your life, if that's that life path for that couple. And what they say almost every time, without a doubt, is that we were aware of these practices. We knew these things brought us life, but we never named them. They never sat down and made a list together because what we would say is that after they compared and they saw each other's list and sometimes laughed at the things that one thought brought them life and the other one definitely did not think it brought them life, we said, look at those five that are together. And now how do you prioritize that? How do you prioritize those five things that bring both of you life during this time, so that you might live that out. And I know I'm talking a lot about couples counseling right now, but I think that the point that I'm trying to make is we are in a different time right now. 
And what brings you joy now is probably different than what brought you joy months ago. So this week, one of my tasks for you is to do just that, what we invited those early couples to do. Write a list of the things that bring you joy in your life. It doesn't have to be exhaustive, but five things. I know that one of the things that has brought me the most joy throughout the pandemic is my, uh, my best friends from high school, my hockey buddies, they're all in Minnesota. And throughout the pandemic, when Minnesota was locked down, we had the opportunity to do a Zoom call on Wednesday nights. And I am so looking forward to doing that this week. And I know it's, you know, they are locked down again in Minnesota, but I'm just so looking forward to being able to gather with those guys and to enjoy time with them. That's something that brings me joy. And so I, yet just yesterday, I was telling Ashley, I was reminding her, I was saying, Ashley, just to remind you, Wednesday night, I'm tied up because that's what I'm going to be spending my time doing. Similarly, around our table at night, when we gather with our family to eat, one of the things that we say is, what are you thankful for? And and what's something that brought you joy in your day? Or if we're reflecting on the week, we ask them for the week. What was one thing that you were just excited that you got to do that day? Naming the places that give us joy and give us life help us be more intentional about those practices. And friends, you can have joy now in your life. Mary, mother of Jesus, had joy amidst all that certainly was confusing and painful and scary. The candle of joy is lit for you. One of the reflection points that I've had as I've been praying over the scripture reading for this morning is the the theological phrase theotokos, which is a fancy way of saying bearer of God. It's a reference that we give to Mary, mother of Jesus, that she is theotokos, God bearer. And what struck me in the interaction between Elizabeth and Mary uh, as I prepared for the sermon was just the presence of God within Mary and how that sparked joy, not just in Mary, but in Elizabeth as well. That for the first time, at least within the Jewish narrative, that God wasn't, you know, there in the Holy of Holies, but God was in Mary. That God was in Mary, in Jesus. And I say that that was striking for me because fast forward post-resurrection is the belief that God, the Holy Spirit, is in you and me. That Jesus is in all of us and that we all become like Mary, Theotokos, God-bearers. 
That's a powerful reality that God is now within us. And just like Mary, who, who lived into that, entered the room, we have that ability not just to find joy for ourselves, but to exhibit joy in other people, to stir within them the response of God within us. That joy and laughter is intoxicating. And it spreads to those around you. Anger, rumors, talking down on other people also are intoxicating and spread to those around you. How might we be a people of joy? How might we be a people that live out a response to God amidst a pandemic that sings praise? What are the things that you can do this week, right now, not in the future, that bring you joy? Be intentional about them. Set some time aside for them. And in so doing, perhaps there might be a little bit different stride to your step. And that might rub off on those around you. As friends, I am so excited to be back with you. When you gather in our sanctuary, I'm so excited to go back to some of the normal things in my life. But the gifts that Christ brings are already here. Here and now, especially in this place. Let us live with joy and do the things that God calls and the passions within us that give us joy in life. I invite you to pray with me. Holy and gracious God, help us this week and the weeks to come find the joy in our lives. Do the things that bring us life. And help us be joy in the world that others also might experience that same joy. And even as we look to the future, help us know that each and every one of us, like the Mother Mary, God-bearers, that just like you're coming in the future, we joyfully sing that you're already here. Amen. Amen.